I did what I was supposed to do. I graduated college, got a job with a salary. I met a guy when I was about 22. We dated, dated, got an apartment together. I left Chicago, moved to an apartment with him in the suburbs. And then we got engaged eventually. And then we had a wedding, as you do. Then we bought a house in the suburbs. And so next up, the next chapter we need to do would be having kids. According to the United States template for living correctly, .gov. We're gonna get into how I went from being a very independent, firecrackery person to going on autopilot and being more of a witness to my life. But for now, just know that it did. Fast forward after the wedding and all of that stuff. Now it's 2020. I'm in bed. I open my eyes. When I wake up, I'm laying on my side. And immediately I know. Because my boobs are squished together and they are very, very sore in this moment. And it's a sore that I've never felt before. And I've been a woman this whole time. So I knew. My ex, who at the time was my husband, was out of town. So I'm in the house alone. I already know, but I go to the bathroom and I have these little pregnancy tests that I just have on hand. Sat on the ground on the tile of my bathroom floor. And for the first time in my life, I saw a positive pregnancy test in my hand. And I can't even describe the firestorm of emotions that were tearing through me. Just rifling through me. Ups and downs. My life and everything just flashing right before me. I sit there for way too long and then I shower and I go out on my morning walk. I do that every morning. There was a nature path that started right behind our house. I was so blessed and so grateful for that. I love nature. And that was the only thing about living out there in the far suburbs was the nature. I am on my morning walk. It's early. I don't know. Uh, probably 6.30, 7. I'm walking, and the whole time, and since I was looking at the test, like, this entire time, I'm just silent. I'm just processing. And, like, the world is just not the same. It's just... It was out of body for a lot of reasons. So I'm strolling along, processing all of this. And for some reason, like the colors around me, the trees, everything looked different. I turn the corner to walk on this part where I have to walk on the street. And a pickup truck does a very obvious U-turn in the road behind me. 
and I see this, and he's beelining towards me. And as he's slowing down and rolling down his window, I know what's happening because our neighborhood Facebook group, some of the women who live in the neighborhood were posting that a guy was pulling up to them while they were on a run or a walk and asking for help with directions and eventually trying to make them get in the truck. And there have been some close calls, but nothing like really serious has happened, but no one has been able to catch him. So all the husbands are like on the lookout. So anyway, he, yep. So sure enough, he's rolling down his window and he goes, uh, excuse me, need help address. And he's not like holding something out the window. He's holding it. If he's holding something, it's down by the steering wheel where I can't see it. But anyway, since I already know what's happening, in that second when I knew what was happening, what happened in my body surprised me and moved me so much that I'll probably cry telling you. In that moment when that guy pulled up, every fiber of my being and my attention went like a laser to my uterus. I felt an animalistic type of defensive that I have never felt. And that's saying a lot. I'm an Aries and I'm known for defending the people I love sometimes to a fault. I get very defensive. I'm very protective. But the bear that I turned into in that moment, I was not expecting that. I yelled the word no, but it may as well have been an actual growl. And since now he is moving in the same direction as me and his door is next to me, instead of continuing forward, I start walking quickly backwards while trying to snap a pic of his license plate. And during that process, he speeds off. And I'm left standing there. And I'm like, first of all, I just found out I was pregnant 20 minutes ago. What is happening? And then I stood there kind of frozen, so moved by what I just felt emotionally. And it was so powerful. And I thought, wow, motherhood is amazing. Anyway, the faux kidnapping was just a random weird detail that happened that day. So back at home, that was what it was. Okay, I'm pregnant now. Even though things have been very, very bad in the relationship and I have been deeply unhappy. But this is what people do. So, and I'm approaching 30, so, and I want to be a mom, so... Even though I got all the books and, you know, stopped doing anything that would be unhealthy for a baby, I didn't even get to crack into the first book and I had already lost the pregnancy. At the ultrasounds, they were just kind of like, we don't really see anything developing in there yet. Like the embryonic sac was developing, which is where the baby grows inside of or something like that 
but there was nothing visible and they were like it's probably just earlier than you think so then I have to come back again in two weeks and by then and the appointment after they were able to tell me that I full-blown got pregnant my body went into okay we're pregnant mode it created an embryonic sac and started doing its thing that the body does when it gets pregnant except for that there was never a baby in there to begin with. This is one type of missed miscarriage, whereas some people actually start developing a baby in there and it doesn't make it, and then they continue with the same thing that I did. Medically, what did this mean for me? It means that I can successfully get pregnant, and it does not mean that I can't carry a pregnancy. The opposite, really. My body was doing exactly what it was supposed to do, There was just no baby to do it for. So I had to do kind of like a medically induced miscarriage. And on that note, anyone who has had to go through having a miscarriage, I am very sorry. It is as painful as it is emotional. And to try to imagine that happening further into the pregnancy really breaks my heart. And I'm sorry. The days following that miscarriage, which by the way, that's when I started loving the color pink because being a female is really powerful so I started embracing it even more I don't know, it just happened anyway the few days after that obviously I'm like, it's shocking but because we were having so many issues and it had been so difficult I had been praying so hard I was crying, praying on my knees, just like, I'm so unhappy, and I'm trying all the things, but it feels like I'm the problem, but I also don't want to give up on this if I shouldn't, so like, give me a clear sign of which way to go, and this entire experience with this false alarm pregnancy was a very, very clear sign Even at that time, I knew that that was a signal, a sign, a direct sign. It was literally like telling me, you are capable of being a mother, and you can create life, and you can carry a baby, but you're not going to do it with him. And the thing is, I already knew all that. My intuition was telling me that. Which, in other words, means God or the universe, whatever it is, was already telling me. And then when I asked for a sign, they gave me a big one. But guess what? Is that when I left the marriage? Nope. By then, I had already lost all trust in my intuition. And so the ride continues. I'm just back on autopilot. And by the way, I'm like, I'm working my dream job at this point. So like I pour myself into my career, essentially. We're going along and just both very, very unhappy. And one day a line was crossed, which I had promised myself a long time ago that if this line ever got crossed, you're out. No questions asked. So the next day I left for Florida and I stayed there for two weeks alone. 
and this was a moment in time. Again, I could have done this when the pregnancy thing happened, but I didn't. So the universe gave me another sign, one that I can't ignore. I can't ignore because this is one of my personal principles. I have three sisters. What example am I setting here? So it's a huge battle with self because it's not something I want to go back on. And yet my ex, I, I saw him, I believe, in a way that no one else in his life sees him. I felt like the person that would help guide him out of the darkness and into the light. It felt like my responsibility. So instead of just walking out on it, that's why I went to Florida. I thought, what the hell? What am I going to do now? And the first couple days are really hard because, like, we were codependent as frick, and I'm just in Florida alone at my dad's condo. And I got a lot out of being away in Florida because I used that time productively. I did some reflecting, lots of journaling, lots of looking out at the ocean and just reconnecting with myself and thinking about what I want to do next. Meanwhile, he was at home. And his impression was that I was in Florida so that I could work on myself because all that was going on at home was my fault. So that felt really off to me to feel that like I was on the full-blown journey right now and it was a constant like battle to try to get him to come on the journey with me. And I know now what I brought to the table and what was problematic and the difference is that I'm willing to evolve from that to be better. I was operating in fight or flight that entire relationship. That's what you're doing when you're walking on eggshells. So I choose to love past Liz and how much she wanted to fix this boy. I saw his darkness and I knew he needed help. And I love me for that. Now all of these things have been happening, the missed miscarriage and all of these crazy fights and crossing the line and all of these things keep stacking up that are clear signs to me the ones I've been asking for and yet I keep on the ride because even a girl as strong as me can become brainwashed into thinking that she is so problematic that she ruins everything so we stay together and nothing changes after Florida This one day comes and he's scream yelling at me. But in this moment, I am on like a four-ish week streak of doing this thing where I don't participate. I'm doing this thing where I promised myself, okay, when he yells, you will not yell. You will not yell. I always hate myself for it because I'm not a yeller. I'm not an angry person. It just all felt so poisonous. So... Here's this day, right? And he's screaming at Ling. And to be honest with you, I have no idea what we were fighting about. And usually, even real time, I couldn't tell you what we were fighting about. So he's doing this. And I decide to go lock myself in our bedroom. And he's screaming at the door. And I'm just a rattle inside. And we're in 2022 at this point, by the way. So now I decide I'm going to go in the master bathroom. So I go in there and I shut and lock that door. It's a big, nice, double vanity, big bathtub, a separate little toilet room, okay, white tile. And so now I'm in a locked room inside of a locked room, you feel me? 
Well, he gets through the first door and he's just angry. And he's screaming at the bathroom door and I finally cave and I scream back. I'm yelling my response to him. And at one point when I yell, blood shot out of my nose. Projectile shoots out of my nose. Projectile, okay? Quentin Tarantino scene. All over the wall, all over the floor, all over the white tank top that I'm wearing. It's everywhere. And in the moment, when that happened, when I yelled and the blood came projectiling out, I heard a scream in my head, but it was like it was my own scream. But at the top of my lungs, like like someone fighting for their life. It felt like I got slapped in the face. Genuinely, the universe slapped me across the face in that moment. And that's why blood came out of my nose. So I'm in there and now he has gone away because I'm not responding or anything. I'm frantically unraveling toilet paper. I'm wiping the blood. And it's just like a mess, an absolute crime scene of me trying to clean it off the tile, but it's smearing everywhere, toilet paper everywhere. My nervous system was on fire. I mean, I can't even describe, like, it hit its max in that moment. It was, my God. The hour or two that followed involved a lot of mean things being said to me and I packed my suitcase and I left I knew in that moment when the universe slap happened that I needed to be done with this but I think that there was a small part of me that still knew and was saying Liz you've said that before and that part of me was going to make sure that that didn't happen again. So, in response to one of his comments that my dad would be ashamed of me if he really knew the person I was, I decided to call my dad on speakerphone and let him hear the scream yelling. And when I revealed that to my ex, dear meet headlights, And let's just say that was the end. And that queen that exists at my core reached out of my body and dialed my father because that was the accountability I needed to not make another excuse why this was okay and I should stay. I knew there would be no going back. The months that followed were painful and slow. Our house sold and... I got an apartment in Chicago, which is where I lived when I met him almost a decade before. Almost a decade before. Before I moved to the suburbs, even though I didn't want to. Before I moved in with him, even though it felt wrong. Before I took that first job out of college that had nothing to do with my degree or anything creative. Before I started settling in every single area of my life one piece at a time.
Flash forward to current day. I'm looking now, it's June 4th, 2023. So we are about five or six months out from this incident that I'm talking about. I have found myself again, and I still have a long way to go. There are still wounds and habits that will need a lot of love before they're fully healed, but I'm here for that journey. That's what this journey is. I learned so much from that relationship. And now I look at the situation from a bird's eye view and I'm analyzing it out of curiosity. There's no one to blame. That's not how I look at things. And in these months, it's become clear, you know, what roles I played, good and bad, good and bad. Not to mention all of the therapy and self-improvement I was doing during all of that since I thought I was the full-time problem. By the way, we had a really good couples therapist, I thought. The thing, though, about therapy is, like, they can only get as deep with you as you will be willing to go with yourself. So if you're completely closed off, no kind of therapy is going to work for you, honey. It's not a magic trick. You have to do your part. And since I was the only one willing to evolve in any noticeable way, long term, that didn't work. But it's interesting. Our therapist told me one day, because we had a couple meetings that were individual, one-on-one, and then the rest were both of us on one. It was all Zoom, but it was us, you know, together. But one of these solo sessions in the very beginning, I was already telling her about my major doubts. And she said to me, well, if you do this therapy, the things you will learn about how to have a healthy, productive relationship will change your life forever and all of your future relationships. So it won't be a waste of time, even if you don't end up with him. And that changed everything for me. And damn it, she was right. There was an actual textbook that went with it that I devoured, of course. And I learned so much. I feel so confident in my ability to be in a healthy relationship now. Like, thank God and like blessed, you know, like everything happens for a reason. I believe that this relationship served its purpose and I'm not here to talk shit about my ex. I genuinely want the best for him. I care a lot about his well-being and I brought my shit to the table too. At the end of the day, in my opinion, it's the fact that we met when we were 21, 22, and just kind of started coasting. And maybe we were supposed to be together for the time that we were, but I am 100% sure that we were not meant to stay together. And I think that he knows that too. Some people bring out the best in us. Some people bring out the worst in us. And I think we brought out the worst in each other. And that is what it is, okay? I'm accepting it. We can learn from things or we can dwell on things. That's a choice, okay? So I have found myself again. One day at a time, I choose to follow my intuition and let go of the need for control. You know, one day at a time. Coming back to myself, just one day at a time. So you see how I had been getting little whispers over time and that it escalated into various screams before becoming that symbolic slap in the face. That's what I'm talking about here as far as coming home to our intuition so that we can hear those whispers and trust them for what they are. Again, that was an experience that taught me a lot, but 
I was not living in alignment. That's the point. I was not living a high vibe life like I'm preaching that we should live. And by the way, that's why this podcast came as an idea to me back in 2020, but wasn't brought into the physical world until now, 2023, because I was not able to get myself to do it when it didn't feel authentic. And I was not being truthful with myself back then. I was not living in alignment. I have never been this happy in my life, but it's a different kind of happy. It's intrinsic joy. During that era before I met my ex, during the time I lived in Chicago, I would have told you I was happy because I am naturally like that. I like have a thirst for life and all of its zest. I was 19 when I arrived in Chicago by myself and I'm from a little tiny farm town. So during that era, I'm exploring the streets of Chicago, going to vintage shops and record stores and um, coffee shops, anything that called my name, live music, uh, street festivals all the time, going to the beaches, bartending in really fun places, meeting really fun people. It was a great time, but it was not pure. It had strings attached. It had weight to it in a way that my life now does not, of course. That era was stressful. My parents' divorce was fresh when I left for Chicago, and I was constantly worried about my little sisters back at home because back then, I hadn't yet learned that there's no direct correlation between my worrying and the outcome of the thing. Because if I could go back and tell that Liz like how things ended up turning out and that my mom ended up moving up here, I wouldn't have worried, would I? But you don't know that, so you just choose not to worry. But I know that now, so anyway. I was so swooned by the city, it was so exciting, but then at the same time, my heart was sinking all the time because I was like, I should be there with my little sisters and letting them know that everything's gonna be okay. I was really hustling a lot. Internships, jobs, like networking things. I was pursuing my art direction career, and I was aggressive about pursuing it. I do think it's the Aries in me, along with being the granddaughter of Sicilian immigrants, of course. But looking back on that chapter, it feels hard. It just feels hard. And I, I was welcoming how hard it was at the time, because that is what I knew to be honorable, I guess. Like, look at my grandparents. They came here with nothing and built the American dream out of nothing. I just thought I was doing what you had to do to be successful. And all the while, I was really beating the hell out of my body and mind, you know, and I didn't address it when I felt depression and, you know. And then the era after that was with my ex and it was completely a should life. Should, should, should. And I let go of the steering wheel completely. And it all happened so fast, us dating and me graduating and moving in together that I just accepted it. And I'm like, that's what people do. That's what people do. This is what people do. And as I rode that path, my family members were pleased. And I loved that because I'm a recovering people pleaser. Whether directly and consciously or not, I think like most of us were brought up with this idea, this certain idealistic cookie cutter type life that represents the American dream. We were sold the idea that that is what you should be doing. 
that is the exact template you use to live a good life. And the further outside of the template you go, the more feathers that it ruffles. So I've arrived at my next era, much wiser and evolved than I was in the previous eras. And every day, I thank the universe and God and my grandfather, who probably definitely had something to do with getting me where I needed to be. I'm grateful for the slaps in the face. In the end, I was set straight. That's what matters, that I was set straight eventually. Never again will I ignore the whispers of my intuition and wait for it to be a bloody slap in the face again. No, I'm not ignoring my intuition anymore. I am grateful for the wake-up call because some people feel that wrongness and yet they continue for the rest of their lives and they accept it. They accept that it's not what they want and they keep going and they live that should life until the day they die and after they've brought children into the world, of course. And I'm so grateful that I didn't... It's bone-chilling symbolism, the missed miscarriage. Like, you are able to carry a baby, but it should not be his. It's so simple. It was just enough pain to scare me enough to think and, like, pause. And, you know, I'm grateful to start fresh. I'm grateful to live in my queenhood this high vibe life, I've always known it in my mind. I've always known it. Since I was a little girl and I would see the adults doing the rat race, I just was like, no thank you. And it's not that I didn't want to work. I did and I do. But I was not going to jump from thing to thing to make me happy. That's not what happiness is. It needs to come from within. You need to have a sense of purpose and we need to feel in alignment. I can't even express how grateful I am that I am now in the position where I can do the life I wanna do and I can live as my highest self. It felt impossible, I guess, because you don't look around and see all these people, because what it is when you're like truly living a high vibe life, it's like when you say, I love my life every single day and I feel a deep sense of joy and purpose from within every day. It's being able to say that and you're telling the truth. And even when I say that right now, you might be thinking it's not possible to be happy every day. And that, that's a lie we've been sold. And it's some bull. We should not be just sitting at a desk and saying, no, you need to keep your head down and be unhappy and just suck it up. You can have your fun on the weekend, okay? How about no on that? And guess what? How about no on all the other cookie cutters and boxes and labels? How about we do what we want? How about if you want a baby, go get a baby. Go have a baby. Go adopt a baby. How about if you don't? Don't. Just don't. And how about if they don't? We lay off. And how about if they do? We lay off. Marriage for you? Not for you? Great. You do you. And can we be the generation that is a revolution? I'm not talking subtle changes, people. We're breaking the generational trauma. You know what I'm talking about. It ends with us. We live lives that we love. We have gifts for a reason, by the way. 
those things that you're doing when you feel in alignment, i.e. me having this podcast right now, I feel in alignment. That's what we're here for. And that butterfly feeling you get when you get in the flow state doing whatever that thing is you love, like that's the universe cheering you on and saying, yeah, that's why you're here. We were not here to play small. So this is really where the Queenhood brand was born. During those rough times, I had joined a group of women who are aspiring entrepreneurs, and I was going into it to start my own branding shop, which I did, House of Queenhood. And I started meeting with people who were starting a business, doing something that they enjoy, something creative. I started working with them on their branding. I started with one-on-one like coaching, workshopping, um, brainstorming, you know, And I noticed that, huh, it's not as much about the visual aesthetic that they are coming to me for. Well, they are coming to me for that, but they're staying for something else. And I started to notice patterns. And I think what everyone really wants is to live as their highest self, to tap in and do what feels in alignment. And so what I was doing for them was helping them get there getting them out of their own way, helping them get to a high vibration so that then they can now take the brand we worked on and go pursue the thing that they came to pursue. They're going and turning their creative gifts into an actual business. They are breaking out of the mold. They are removing limiting beliefs. They are rising into a whole different kind of living. They're living how they want to live now aka queenhood so the queenhood podcast is that journey for all of us we're navigating these things that come up and try to keep us from a high vibration and how do we deal with them and how do we continually continually evolve into a higher version of ourselves so that we can say that statement i love my life every single day and we can mean it We can feel in alignment. May we all learn to fully trust our intuition so that we can hear the whispers and follow them before they become slaps. And may we not settle for a life that does not feel in alignment to us. I'll see you soon. And until next time, keep coming home to your queenhood. something you want me to talk about specifically or anything else I can do for you email me at helloqueenhood at gmail.com also check the show notes for the link to the queenhood patreon page arrivederci Thank you.